really thank you guys. Creating such a great atmosphere. All right, let's get into this word. Uh, we've been talking about um, um, caught up and keep, keeping up. Let's go to, uh, to Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14, I think uh, God's going to really help us out here today. Get up out of this whirlwind. But uh, Proverbs 14, verse 12. Apologize for people watching online. There may be a few passages missing at the bottom of your screen because of a pastor's error. It's not the technician's fault. All right, so, so Proverbs 14, 12, it says, There's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are ways of death. There's a way that seems right. And remember we were talking about this morning in Master Life class how we have to master our emotions. So our feelings take us down paths and directions. And I think uh, we challenged the class this morning, Master Life class, you know, take this week and write down uh, just, uh, you know, you look at your life and look at some of the mishaps and, and, and ask God, you know, how was I then? Was I, was, I, was I focused? Was I clouded? Was I emotional? And some of you don't have to ask God. You know uh, your feelings took you in directions. Like think about like if, if uh, it would be nice if we knew all things. Wouldn't it be nice? But do you remember that stage in your life when you crossed over to use a young teenager when you thought you knew all things? Like when you spoke in absolutes? Like, like you knew, no, nah, I'm not doing that. That's not correct. I mean, now I said teenager because I was being nice. But we know some people have not gotten past that place in their life. They're still 20, 30, and 40 years old, really leaning to their own understanding. But let's go here to Proverbs 16. Because um, this is just describing us as we're growing in life here. Uh, it says, all, all the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. So here, all the ways of man are clean in his own eyes. Like we can, we can find a justification for every choice we've made in our life. Can, can I get an amen? amen? Like I don't ever even say stuff like that, but, but we got to agree with that. You agree with that, Minister Lamar? Yeah, I mean, I, I, so, so Proverbs 3. Let's go to Proverbs 3. One of the other thing we talked about this morning, Master Life class, when you were, in the, we were talking about spiritual warfare, so we were talking about mastering your emotions, we talked about holding to the truth. And so, so we talked about when you go into a, a spiritual warfare and you're talking with God, you have to be honest with yourself, right? You have to be honest with yourself. And so I talked about how, one of the things I learned, like in counseling, again, people come in, sometimes they're, they're, they're fully exposed. So what's not exposed can't be helped, so you're fully exposed. But sometimes counseling takes longer because we got to bore through the front or the security system, you know, all the vaults and the locks to get to the truth so we can really help. So a lot of times you got went to that counselor, they didn't help me. Well, they didn't help you because you didn't show up. They can't help you if you present a lie or you're in pride or you, you want to save face. Nobody's going to get help. 
You're right. So we have to embrace the truth. So the descriptions, you, you uh, worship God in spirit and truth. And so a lot of times we go, well, I went to God. How come he didn't help? No, you didn't go to God. You sent a representative. Because if you went to God in truth, if you displayed the cracks, I guarantee you walk out of the presence of God with some help. Right? So just something to think about that. Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Now, I know that's difficult, but that's what the goal is. It says, and lean not, look, to thine own understanding. The scripture knows that we have a tendency to lean to our own understanding. It says, in all thy ways, how many? All, all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. So, I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. But it says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. I got to start there. I got to flush my mind from me so I can see. Right? And then now when God is, I can hear too. So God can, I can hear him. But it's hard for me to hear him if, if I'm in the way. My emotions in the way. My feelings in the way. God is telling me what to do with my child. And I'm going, yeah, yeah, but that's my boo. God, God, God understands your boo. He's giving you, God said, I fearfully and wonderfully made this child. I gave you stewardship over this child. And I'm giving you the customized wisdom to lead that child into fulfillment. But you keep getting in the way because you want him to comfort you at the expense of his life. Right? So, 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 so again, I know we're talking about caught up. I just got caught up, huh? <laughs> All right, so let's go to James 1. <laughs> James 1. I got to get to where we're supposed to be going here. All right, James 1.19. It says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. Right? Right. It says, uh, it says For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. It says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Look, deceiving who? Your own self. So to hear the word and not do it, you can deceive your own self. And then we're going to go over, these are scriptures we've talked about before, but we're going to make a case to get us uh, unhooked. Remember we talked about last week getting hooked up? Getting hooked, get us unhooked. All right, so 2 Timothy, uh, we'll start here, verse 24. Well, I'll start at verse 23. Well, verse 22. It says, flee also youthful lust. So the thing is, it's saying that we can get caught up in lust, but it's, it's the thought is that it's, it's a youthful thing. Like you don't live there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's something that you did when you were young and you couldn't control your emotions and your loins, right? It says, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of what? A pure heart, right? Look, look, verse 23, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strife. So, people ask foolish and unlearned questions because they're looking to trap people uh, in their righteousness so they can excuse their compromise. All right? So verse 24 says, and the servant of the Lord, that's us, right? And the servant of the Lord must not strive, right? But be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, look, in meekness instructing those that, what? Oppose themselves. 
So it's saying that we have to be in position as servants to instruct those opposed themselves. No, not back off because we worried about them telling us, don't judge me. But it says that we're supposed to instruct. It didn't say uh, beat down. It didn't say uh, abuse. But we're supposed to guide those that are opposing themselves. You know, like, like, like how could you watch somebody like ruining themselves without at least giving them some, 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 some help and offering their consideration. And, and you're going to get pushed back. Man, see, here he go again. It take, here he go again. How, well, well, hold on a second. Like, where does that... First of all, if you're around somebody telling you the truth, it can't be here he go again because you've been running from him. So that's probably the only opportunity that person has to give you truth. And then they're giving you considerations, but you flip them into... Uh, so you, you, what you trying to say? They're not trying to say anything, but hey, you're going to fall into that pit if you keep going that direction. You might want to take this road. Oh, so what you trying to say? I don't know what I'm doing. I, I don't know if you know or not. I just know that's the wrong road. You might want to make that turn right there. Right? No, 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 don't go that way. See, here we go. Try back. I'm tired of people telling me what to do. Okay, that's fine. You could be tired of them, but right now, this is going to be dangerous. Right? And so, so, so you're instructing them that impose themselves, okay? It's not, it's not complicated, I, at least I, I don't think, right? It says, if God perhaps will give them repentance. So if you help them, he might give them repentance to the acknowledging of what? The truth. the truth. So there's a truth that people oppose themselves won't acknowledge because they've already been fed an appetite that's got them going down a particular path. And so they're defending the appetite Versus embracing the truth. Right? And so, so verse 26, it says, look, and that they may, look, recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. So they're caught up and they've been trapped by him at his will. Not because they're evil people. The devil is not after, he already got the evil people. He after the people that want to do right. He's trying to get you caught up. Right? And but he's trying to use you against yourself. Right. So it's one thing that he gets you trapped and somebody tries to help you out and you go, yeah, but he won't let me go. Or, you know, you, you know, you just come to the house and a person's been abused. They'd be like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> you know, they're trying to get hits. There's somebody behind the door. That's one thing. But it's another thing that you fighting against the person. So, so you trapped, but you the one, man, man, get, man, man leave me, no, get back, man, leave, ho, oh, oh, ho, oh. like, 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 how are you going to help the devil destroy you? Right, okay, so just something to think about here. Right, so, so, so we have this, uh, this, 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 this getting caught up. So, so what we're talk, what we're going to talk about here a little bit is let's avoid getting caught up in the wind of fools. In the wind of fools, I used to tell the youth when I worked in, in corrections and youth ministry. Well, I still participate in youth ministry here at the church. I forgot. But uh, uh, don't work so hard to get respect among fools. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 so they avoid the respect of the righteous person, but they're trying to hold on to the respect among fools. Right? Now, I keep saying youth and children, I'm trying to be nice. Right? I'm trying to be nice. Some of us are, you know, 
what does the scripture say, past age? <laughs> Some of us are past age and still trying to get respect among fools. So it's okay that, it's not okay, but it's understandable that your teenager or your child sometimes are fighting to harmonize with foolishness because they're young. You know, and they just place a demand on us to give them direction. Now, I can guarantee you, a teenager actually think they know what they're doing. They think you tripping. Even though you've been here twice as long as they have. But they, they've almost act like they've seen the results of the choice that they're making now. Right? They, they, they're, they're operating off of a guarantee that this path that I'm taking is going to lead to fulfillment. Right? But it's a rude awakening coming if they don't uh, repent. All right, so, so, so here we have the challenge of leaning to your own understanding, get caught up, opposing ourselves, deceiving ourselves, you know, just uh, getting caught up in the wind of fools. That's how fools operate. Uh, we'll get into specifically here in a few minutes what the Bible talks about in terms of fools. And so, so here you have, you grow in life and you're under tutors and governors into the appointed time of the Father. Let's go to Galatians 5. Uh, Galatians 4, is, is, of course, the scripture says you're under tutors and governors to the appointed time of the Father. So we're always under teachers and trainers coming up, trying to learn things. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, then you cross over to a place where you're, you're, you're given a level of, of freedom or liberty. You're given a level of liberty. But some people will take that liberty uh, uh, just to become zombies. Sto- you ever see, just see people stoic? Like they've become zombies, no life. They have limited engagement. See, see when, you're, when you're doing, uh, uh, making fulfilling choices, you engage everybody because you know you're doing the right thing. But you notice how when you're not doing the right thing, all of a sudden you avoiding folk? Now, I'm, I'm skipping to a, uh, a message coming up in the next couple of weeks, a reverse pursuit. But you, you notice how you, you shift. When you get caught up, all of a sudden you have limited engagement. You can't eye-to-eye communicate with anybody, face-to-face talk with anybody. You, you, you dipping and slipping, right? You, 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 you ever noticed that? Right, yes. Okay, thank you. Thank you. You noticed it. I mean, I did it, you know, when I was out there. You know, you, you know I, I would uh, be, be locked up in an apartment, and, and you would uh, call, and the answer service would answer. And you probably thought I went out of town. I didn't go out of town. I just wasn't answering that door because I didn't want to face. I didn't want to be around. Nobody's going to ask me any questions. Nobody was going to challenge me, right? No one was going to question my choices. But if I knew I was doing the right thing, like right now, I can talk to everybody. Because if you question my choices, I'll explain why I chose it, right? Without fighting you. I wouldn't, I don't have to, it's not even a debate. I'll just tell you why I believe what I believe. So you have every opportunity to tell us why you believe what you believe, if it's not God, right? Because maybe we go on the wrong path. So if you are following the right path, hey, you, you, you meet me after service and we can make sure you have the pulpit so we can all get ourselves together and follow you. Cool? All right, so, and I wasn't being sarcastic. That's the reality. When you're follow, going a certain path and you believe it's the right path, is, is it just for you? Can we all come? Can you train us? Can you take us through discipleship class? Can you take us through a study so we can get on board with this path that you've chosen that seems to be the right path? Right? 
If, 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 let's say the, the preachers are tripping. No problem. Hey, I'm open. Just, just hey, take me through training so we can get, we can get it together here. Right? Because I don't want to, uh, was it the blind leading the blind? Or, I'm, 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 that, that's a scripture that's coming up here. So Galatians 5, 13. It says, for brethren, you have not been called unto liberty. Only, oh, oh, it says, you have been called unto liberty. So it says, you've, you've been pulled, called out of bondage into liberty. So God wants us to be free. It says, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. So God is saying, I want you free too. But I didn't free you up so you can use your freedom as an occasion to the flesh. I gave you the freedom to free others, not to consume self. You see what I'm saying? So, so, so it's, it's, okay, so let's keep going here because I want to make sure I, I'm just giving you a foundation for what we're going to talk about. First Peter 2. First Peter 2. I know we got quite a few scriptures here. First Peter 2, verse 16. Well, verse 15, it says, for so, so is the will of God that we, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of what? Foolish. foolish men. Put to silence what? The ignorance of foolish men, right? Verse 16, as free, going back to liberty, right? And not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as servants of God. So again, God wants us to be free, but, but that freedom is used to assist others to be free. So, so God's trying to free us from being caught up. But once we get free from caught up, that's not an opportunity for us to, for occasions to the flesh or be malicious. That's an opportunity to help other people get unhooked. Remember we talked about the puppet being hooked up last week, right? For, it's, it's an opportunity for others to get unhooked. All right, so, so, so. Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19. And, and, and again, the Bible says, search the scriptures to see if it's so. So a lot of times when you're hearing stuff, ah, sometimes, you know, I, you know, we all speak different languages. You know, I know I'm from Newark, New Jersey. Uh, spent 29 years there. Spent 18, 19 years in Columbus, Ohio. And I've spent the last 10 now here in Charlotte. And so, you know, I got all types of languages probably in my communication. You know, I talk to my family in Jersey. You talk funny. You know, like, you know, you, you, which is that? I'm talking to a guy I grew up with. Uh, he lives in Providence, Rhode Island. I just gave you props, Todd. And he was like, what you say? I said something. He said, what you say? He said, man, you've been down south, you know, but here, you know, you from up north, you know. So, so I said that to say, you know, when, you, when you're learning and communicating, it's important to take notes, write things down because some things can get lost in translation. You know, some, I could talk too fast, too slow. Something can make absolute sense to me and no sense to you, but you're supposed to write it down, search the scriptures to see if it's so. But I guarantee you, if I was writing down the coordinates to a map, that had a million dollars inside the treasure, everybody be writing it down. Guess what? I'm actually writing down coordinates to a map 
that has more than a million dollars in it. <laughs> All right, take it, take it, take it the way you want to take it. All right, just trying to help. All right, so uh, this is Proverbs 19:15. It says, uh, "Slowfulness casteth into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger." Right. So, so when we slowful, it, 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 we, it, it puts you in a stupor, right? <laughs> right, and then uh, verse, uh, let's drop down here, verse 26. It says, he that wasteth his father and chases away his mother is the son that causes shame and, br- and bringeth reproach. Verse 27, cease, my son, to hear instruction that causes to error from the words of knowledge. This is a lot of times, this is watch listening to instruction that causes you to error from the words of knowledge, right? Watch, you remember? Walk not in the counsel of the God, you know, stand in the way of sinner, right? Hey, the message version says, if you quit listening and go, and go on your own, you'll, you'll soon be out of your debt. If you quit listening to solid instruction and go on, go on your own, you'll soon be out of your death. Your death. And see, see, this is the thing. Uh, some of us are getting caught up because the autopilot or default system of a child always tries to find a way or a justification around the truth. Tries to find a way how not to brace the, to brace the truth. So how does this line up? So. Every time God feeds, feeds you the word, it's truth. But, but our bodies or our design is different depending on where our maturity is. We're going to embrace truth because we're looking for another clue or another key or another breadcrumb to get to fulfillment, right? Ooh, ooh, wow. See, I can't wait. Now, some, some in our design will hear the truth and, and immediately a justification or an excuse pops up in our mind automatically because... That's, that's, that's what childishness is. That's not, that's not me putting nobody down. That's, that's just the reality. You know, when I was a child, I, I, I spake as a child, thought as a child, understood as a child. When I became a man, I put off childish things. Not when I became a man because I got money or because I got a certain age or because I bought a house or because I got a car or because I got a job. No, I put off childish things. That's when we're mature. Well, we're still thinking like a child. When we still got our little idiosyncrasies or, or we're in our little funk or we're running from engagement or we can't embrace the truth, that's childish. That's childish. So, so and again, you may just want to be a child, but don't front like you're an adult and want adult people to deal with you like an adult when you're acting like a child. Right? Even the Bible says that. It says, yeah, I want to give you strong meat, but you ain't ready for it. So I got to give you milk. Here, you need a bottle. You need a spiritual bottle. But that's not putting nobody down. That's not even me being sarcastic. You can, if you can't handle meat and somebody gives you meat, you won't process it right. You won't even be able to digest it. So here, give you a bottle. That way, it won't be harder for you to break down and absorb. You, see, you understand what I'm saying? So, so sometimes we get so caught up and we, 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 we get stuck in being a child, stuck in our immaturity. And, 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 and the thing is, if somebody came to you face to face and said you're acting like a child, some of y'all be ready to fight. Some of the teenagers will be ready to fight. We're trying to say, I ain't no child. But they're basing it on, their, on, on the number of their age. They're not basing it on their behavior. 
that response is childish. You see, you understand what I'm saying? Like, but but it's, it's, it's something in you that you're, you, you're immature, you're irresponsible. Somebody, I watch this, man, because I tell my wife all the time, I'm around all these different levels of people, and I watch, I was like, what's the difference, man? These people are fulfilled, successful, and they flow together as a team. They roll, and they celebrate others at every level. I was like, what's the difference? Lord said they're mature. They're not uncomfortable because this person's shining. They don't think it's, it's going to take something away from them. Matter of fact, they running around them going, hey, man, I notice you shining pretty bright right now. Look like you're pretty. What you do, man? As opposed to, oh, that ain't all that. He think he all that. You know, like uncomfortable when somebody prospers. I mean, they got a house, but they probably, you know, can't even pay the mortgage. Where does that come from? Remember the aunt in the, uh, in the commercial? She's in the house, and she's like, mm, hope you can clean it. <laughs> hope you can keep this clean. <laughs> if they keep it dirty, what do you care? It ain't your house. <laughs> right, so, so okay, just, I, I, I'm sorry. I allow myself to get a little off track there. Proverbs 1. All right, so, so, so we say it's this autopilot of getting around the truth. And look at this. Now, this is Bible. This is not Pastor Keith. But uh, now, 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 this is the advice to young men is how this section opens up in my Bible. And the first verse in the advice to young men, and we can say young men and women, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of, of knowledge. The reverence of God is the beginning of knowledge. It says, look, but, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, so, so when I said don't get respect among fools, people that despise wisdom and instruction, they cringe when they're corrected. They cringe when they're directed. Right? They cringe anytime wisdom comes that challenges their assumed truth. There's a cringe. Yeah, it's that, can't nobody tell me what to do. What you're saying is, can't nobody help me to grow? <laughs> That's what you're saying. I'm going to stay a child. I'm going to be a baby finster. You know, I don't know if y'all know who baby finster is. You know, it's kind of old school cartoon, Bugs Bunny. The baby finster was like, a gangster that was a, a that looked like a child. I was in a, that, that was this, was a, kind of the child when he smoked cigars and stuff like that. He was carrying pistols, was robbing folk. Look, now that was a cartoon. Bugs Bunny is a cartoon, but Baby Fister was a gangster. You know, a little man, <laughs> but in a in a in the form of a baby. John laughing because see John John my age. <laughs> yes, little Baby Fister. <laughs> Let's go to Colossians 3. Colossians 3. I was just picturing a little baby fenster. So Colossians 3. All right, so, so, so we're trying to uh, unhook ourselves from being caught up as we were talking about last week. And we said that some of our ways of getting caught up is leaning to our own understanding. Um, uh, you know, just, just shifting from following God. And then, then 
you know, we've, we've been given liberty, but using liberty as an occasion to the, occasion to the flesh, right? Using liberty as an occasion to the flesh. Where I tell you to turn? Where is that? Thank you. <laughs> and somebody would answer me, right? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Come on, bro. Don't you read the Bible? All right, okay. You got me. I shouldn't have asked the question, right? All right, so Colossians 3, uh, verse 23. It says, uh, and whatsoever you do, as I know, this is not the child. This is the mature person. It says, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. So you notice when we shift, when we shift in, in our life and fulfillment and growth and maturity, we shift to, because at first we're growing, you know, in our, with our families, you know, you got a good little home and, you know, your little daughter growing up, right? Hey, daddy, can I go? You know, like, it's, it's, you know, we all just rolling together, flowing together. You know, if your parents say, hey, let's go to, let's go to Bible study, let's go to Sunday school. Okay, can I wear my blue suit or can I wear my pink dress? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's cute, right? It's cute, right? But something happens, something shifts, 11, 12, between 12, 4, something shifts where it's like, so why I got to go? <laughs> Almost like, I don't, I don't work overtime this week, man. I, you know, listen, I've been working all week. Yeah, I need to take a break and Sunday is my only day of rest. Or, like I used to do, act like I was asleep. <laughs> Just letting y'all know, some, some of them ain't asleep. I mean, I, and I'm talking about, Keith, 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 because they wake me up to go to uh, uh, Good Neighbor Baptist Church to Sunday school. Like, Keith, get up and go to Sunday school. Now I'm asleep. Now I'm saying this to myself, but I'm not asleep. I'm wide awake. I was woke before it was time to get up. <laughs> and I was like, if I play sleep, I ain't got to go. And be like, Kate, then somebody come shake me, Kate, Kate. You know, and now I'm acting like I'm asleep. <laughs> you know, first I'm just moving. Now, and I'm like, you're gonna, you're gonna give up eventually, right? Because you gotta get somewhere. You ain't got no time to be trying to wake me up. You know, I mean, listen, so one of us gonna have to give, and most of the time I'm trying not to. Unless, you know, they, you know, like, took a belt and something. Then I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll get up and I'm going to Sunday school. Right? But, but what happened? Now I'm shifting to lean into my own understanding. Then I start hanging out with men or other people, and they're advising me. Oh, well, we don't go to church, man. I ain't nobody doing that. Oh, you got to do that? You like that? Really? Oh, you can't roll with us? So I started getting calls or these days. I guess, you know, they talk to you through the Internet. You're playing your games and stuff like that. People uh, uh, communicate stuff to you, and they're influencing you. So now are you doing things wholeheartedly under God? Now you're doing things as unto men, right? You know, based on, based on what they say, not what he says, right? All right, so you're, caught, you're, getting, you're shifting to, to getting caught up, right? And so this is the thing. The dangerous thing is once you get caught up and somebody says, hey, you caught up. Look, look at how we operate. Somebody says, you caught up. Right now, if you had a conversation today, somebody said, you caught up. Oh, what you trying to say? I ain't, I ain't nobody caught up. 
Like you wouldn't say, why did you say that? What do you see? Maybe it's something that I don't notice. What's wrong with that? No, not what you, see, see, just the stigma of you're caught up. Oh, how about this? How about this? Now, I ain't saying no names, but just how, just, just picture this is being said to you. You know, you, you know, you're a fool. How would you, how, how would, right now, how would you respond? <laughs> but would you think to say, wait, 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 so you call me a fool, like, why, where did that come from? And what do you see that I might not, might be in my blind spot? No, no, that's not our first thought. What's our first thought? Who are you talking to? And the fact that you said fool, oh, that's, that's not, you, we say that's, that can't be an option because we don't want to be a fool. We don't want to look like a fool, even though that statement is foolish. Right? See, see, so we're, we're in denial. Right? And so the winds of denial will have you justify losing your grip before you're swept away. The winds of denial will have you justifying losing your grip before you swept away. Whole time you're losing your grip. But, but somebody said, hey, you're a fool. You're getting caught up. Whole time you're losing your grip. Well, see, you don't understand. I'm not really losing my grip. I just decided not to hold on as tight right now. Okay. Losing your grip. You just said it in a more intellectual way, but you're losing your grip, right? Uh, uh, Isaiah 30, 10 through 12. And, and, and so, so, so this is the other thing. It's like, you ever notice that fools can be intimidating? Now, again, just, the Bible talks about fools. So that's not a curse word, right? It talks about fools. And, and, and so when people are foolish, well, I just use me because, you know, sometimes, you know, it's probably better if I just use me. So when I was foolish, uh, Yes, I, I was in denial, and yes, uh, some, I was the, the person that would respond, like, who you calling a fool? But I was worse than that. I probably was the worst type of fool because I, I know what to say. You know, I knew how to justify anything, but I, I, I wasn't safe with just justifying it in your eyes because then you might come back, you might give a comeback. See, so I had to justify and shut you down from even wanting to communicate. So I intimidated you. I overwhelmed you. Overwhelmed you to the point be like, if you want to be a fool, go ahead. I mean, you talk to him. You know, because at a certain point, it's like, man, man, you can't say nothing to that fool. And don't nobody watching right now be like, that's what I was trying to tell you. Ain't nobody asked you right now. <laughs> I know you're over there going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Nobody asked you to co-sign. Just, just stop and listen to what we're talking about right now. I so look at this in Isaiah 30, 10, 10 through 12. I want to read it out and amplify it. I think it would be a little special for us. It says, uh, who say to the seers, now seers are prophets, right? It says, you must, not, you must not see visions from God. So these people are intimidating the prophets like, hey, you must not see visions from God. Now, now that sounds like, well, who, could, who would do that? People do it in church all the time. Pretty much tell the pastor, don't tell me what God says if it doesn't line up with my compromise. Right? It says, and to the prophets, you must not prophesy to us what is right. Speak to us pleasant things and smooth words. Prophesy deceitful illusions that we will enjoy. 
Get out of the true way. Turn aside from the path of God. Stop bothering us with the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, the Holy One of Israel says this, because you have refused and rejected this word of mine and have put your trust in oppression and guile and have relied on them, therefore, this wickedness, this sin, this injustice, this wrongdoing will be to you like a crack in a wall about to fall, a bulge in a high wall whose collapse comes suddenly and in an and suddenly in an instant. So he's saying like, really? So it's one thing to slip and to get caught up, but it's another thing when someone's giving you a lifeline and you're rejecting it, and then you're smothering other people from getting it. So let's look at this from a, 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 a Pastor Keith angle. <laughs> right? So let's look. So, so, so Pastor Keith is sharing visions and, and the word that God says, Okay. But you guys are a lot more intimidating. Y'all like Pastor Keith was in the BC days, right? You're a lot more intimidating. And let's say, man, we ain't coming to church unless you tell us things that are more soothing. Oh, here we go again. You know, because that's the, you know, remember one whole year, God was like, this whole year, you got to stretch and challenge because the dominant population is compromising. Well, I didn't want to teach none of that that year. You know, because I'm like, well, well no, no. And, 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 and what, what people do is they can just run from that and go someplace that's soothing, right? But I have no choice. I have to be obedient, right? I have to say what God tells me to say, right? But imagine, let's say, if we had uh, Pete, Bob, and, and Sue over here. <laughs> Pete, Bob, and Sue, they're intimidating. And so... Was, was the squeaky wheel gets the oil? So they're intimidating and they're, they're sit, they sit here every Sunday and they got this look. Almost like, you better, l- listen, say another truth and see what happened up in here. Right? And so I yield to Sue, Bob, was it? Pete, Bob, and Sue, right? Yeah. But what happens to everybody else? Right. You see what I'm saying? That's the thing. Sometimes the history has been to adjust for, for Pete, Bob, and Sue at the expense of the masses. So your intimidation doesn't just comfort you. It steals growth and, and fulfillment from others. So let's say, hey, you're talking about that too much. Suppose everybody needs it, but the righteous you. Do they not get it? <laughs> this is just this. I so so Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles seven. My wife has really been talking about this scripture a lot. Uh, where's Second Chronicles at? I'm playing because I wanted to see. I want to see if I was gonna get a response to that one. <laughs> Kalina, you ain't gonna tell me where Second Chronicles at? My wife said before First Chronicles, after First Chronicles. <laughs> All right, so Second Chronicles uh, 7, and we're going to highlight verse 14. All right, so, so, so we talked about last week how sometimes we can get so caught up and so hooked, we can become puppets. 
and the, the adversary is kind of dictating our life. He's puppetizing us, right? And so we talked about how we need to get unhooked from getting caught up into being puppets or as we talked about today, fools, right? And so look here, 2 Corinthians uh, 14. It says, if my people, Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, I'm sorry, 14. It says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. So that was, first thing is, we have to humble ourselves, right? It says, and pray, look, and seek my face, look, and turn from their wicked or twisted ways. Then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will hear, heal their land. And so you got a lot going on out here. There's a lot of craziness. It's like, uh, you got a uh, pandemics, you got uh, social unrest, you got uh, political unrest, uh, you know, just a lot happening out here. You got economy, you got uh, 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 places you used to go, they shut down. They are no longer, you know, and if it's enough of them shut down, then the whole mall shuts down, right? And so, 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 so livelihoods and jobs, different things are going on. Now, the interesting thing is all this stuff is going on, I've been around only for 58 years, Right? Maybe some of you been here longer, some of you shorter. But in the 58 years, I ain't never seen what's going on right now at one time, ever. Now, the difference, like, like I, when I live life, uh, we did a message uh, maybe a couple years ago, too busy to pay attention. And we're talking about being caught up and keeping up now, but, but like I just pay attention. Do you just think this stuff is just happening? Me and my wife was having a conversation. I was like, like, if you go with the Bible, you know, plagues showed up for a reason. But we walking around like, well, we're just waiting for the prank to be over with, not knowing that we have something to do about it. If my people will humble themselves, right, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I'll heal their land. Like we're doing everything else. We're waiting on vaccines. How about humbling ourselves, turn from our wicked ways? How about seeking his face? How about praying? How, we, how about unhooking ourselves from getting caught up? Because, see, that this is all crazy just waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. If, you, if we get caught up, it's one thing if other people are caught up. If we get caught up, we may be the catalyst. You may be the catalyst for everybody to be saved. You may be the key. Smith Wigglesworth was out there tripping. He ends up coming into the body of Christ. All types of people start healing life. To this day, my life was influenced by somebody I never met. So, so when we're looking at situations and we're going, I can't believe that's happening. Suppose we're the change. We see, we're not thinking of, see, we think so less of ourselves. You, we think somebody's coming. No, you coming. <laughs> like, like, like we, we actually, man, you know, man, if, if we can just change this stuff around, you're the person. That's right. You're the person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So while, we, while we're caught up, we're caught up trying to figure out who we are, what we're supposed to do, trying to figure out how can I stay in this compromise because I'm stuck, and how can I justify it because it's going to cost, or it's going to be uncomfortable, I have to go through a process to change. Lives are waiting for you to manifest. Mm-hmm. All Christians wait for the manifestation of the sons of God. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. They are thrilled. The kings can tell you that from the Lion King. The whole time they waiting for Simba. 
because the wrong person was in authority. And guess what? They was going through what we going through. They was going through famine. Yeah. It was dark. Yeah. Crazy. Hyenas was consuming everything. And guess what? The same thing happening out here in our, in our culture. But some of us are Simbas out there playing around in the jungle. When everything's waiting on us, oh, they hurt your feelings. So what, man? Come on, man. They hurt all our feelings. So what? And now we justifying not being all in because you got played the first time you was all in? Okay, so, oh, so, so you're not going to be in no, no relationship ever in your life, dear. That was then. You keep pressing, keep moving, man. Lives are at stake. But we lean into our own understanding. Instead of doing what, instead of being obedient. Trying to visit purpose. What is that? Hosea. That's what we're doing. We're doing like purpose drive-bys. I think I'm going to go visit purpose today. I haven't seen purpose in a while. Let's go see how he's doing. Yeah, I'm going to take about a three-day vacation. Spend with purpose. Purpose, how you doing? Well, yeah, I ain't seen it a while. Keep what you're doing. Man, you know, it's just, it's kind of been going through. You know, yeah, after I went through that one thing, man, you know. And you know, I'm going to spend some time with you as soon as I get a chance. But, you know, hey, you know, I've just been through some stuff. And, you know, last time I've been all in, like, so I want to make sure I'm right, right. Hey, so, so, so purpose, like, hey, so you make sure you're right. So, what does it take for you to get right? Well, you know, purpose, you know, just, I just, just, you know, I know when I know. Well, okay, so. You know when you know, I mean, so are you lining this up with God's timing? Because to everything, there's a season. I understand you go through changes, but you know, there's a time for every purpose. Purpose has a time attached to it. You don't feel that nudge that about your timing? Well, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I felt a little something. I just thought that was, you know, something I ate. You know, I just thought it was something I ate. You know, thought I ate. You know, sometimes I don't eat right. You know what I'm saying? So I, you, that was God. And so, so we, 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 we're playing around with purpose. What, well, are we scared? See, 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 and don't get mad when I say stuff like that. You scared? It ain't on you. Be confident in this very thing that he's begun a good work. We're performing it to the day of Christ Jesus. It's on you to yield. But God's going to work in you to willing to do his good pleasure if you just yield. Yeah, of course, but I, went, I, don't, I, I don't went down the rabbit hole so far. Good. Yield there and watch God get you out of that mess. And the reason why it gets you out of that mess because you're a testimony. Right. Somebody else is going down that road. That's right. That's right. You getting out to help them get out because they'll see what you went through and you'll be able to relate. Mm-hmm. So the reason I can talk to you because I was an idiot. I was a fool and I went down those roads. All, the all types of roads. The smoked out road. <laughs> the coke road. Well, I can't, I can't say too much. I forgot. We got a different... Uh, you know, we got kids, even though they may know more than me. <laughs> you know, you know I, I was looking at an advertisement for uh, one of the games that they play, like PlayStation. I was like, it looked like re- real life. Like, I was like, I said, what in the world are they playing? Games ain't like they used to be. It definitely ain't for kids. All right, so uh, Hosea 8, verse 7. 
All right, so I'm, I'm going to just be re reading a few versions. Uh, I think most of them will probably be amplified, I think, but I'm not absolutely sure. All right, so uh, Hosea 8, 7, it says, For they have sown the wind. It says, and they shall reap the whirlwind. All right, so when it says they have sown the wind, it's saying they have sown basically uh, foolishness. Or sown into the wind uh, is an effort planted in emptiness. Listen, listen, listen. Sown into the wind is an effort planted in emptiness. So picture having a seed and you got to sow the seed for a harvest and you sow the seed into the wind. <laughs> what are you getting? <laughs> but if we go with the principle, you reap what you sow, you get, you don't get emptiness back, you get multiplied emptiness. Which is why we feel like something's missing, right? Okay, all right, so. So that's the thing about foolishness. It has a, see, we get caught up. We're sowing into the wind. The scripture says you'll reap a whirlwind. See, so, so, so I chose to, to get in, but, I don't, but I'm not allowed to choose to get out. I chose to get in, but I got to get rescued to get out. Right? There's the scripture right there, you know. <laughs> All right, so, so, so. Ephesians, I mean, Ecclesiastes 4, verse 6. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 6. I'm just going to read through a few of these, right? Uh, it says, uh, all right, well, I'll just read it. I'll read it out of this version. It says, one hand, one hand full of rest and patience is better than two fists full of labor and chasing after the wind. Caught up. Back to Hosea 8. We're going to jump back and forth to Hosea 8. Verse 12. It says, I have written to him great things of my law, but they were counted as strange thing. A strange thing. So God was, God was, writing things to get, get the person out of being caught up in that whirlwind, but it was like, I oh, know that's strange. And I, I, I'm not rolling with that. You know, th th couldn't even process it. You know, the Amphi says, I wrote for him the, the 10,000 precepts of my law, but they are regarded as a strange thing which does not concern him. So, so, so we're operating. Now, while we're caught up in this wind, God is sending us lifelines to get out. But we're almost like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm all caught up. I'm good. Like, you know, and we're fighting against the very help to get us out. Now, now, now before God talked about uh, in Hosea, uh, them getting caught up uh, in a whirlwind, in verse 4 through 6, he said, they set up kings, but not for me. Therefore, verse 4 through 6. Hosea 8, 4 through 6. It says, therefore, without my blessing. So they set up kings, but not for me. That means people were placed or put or put themselves in position without God's leading or blessing. So they have made princes or removed them without consulting with me. Therefore, I knew and recognized them not. It says, with their silver and their gold, they made idols for themselves. 
That day, the silver and the gold may be destroyed. Your calf, your idol, Samaritan, is loathsome. I have spurned it. My wrath burns against them. How long will it be before uh, they attain purity? For this calf, too, is from Israel. A craftsman made it. Therefore, it is not of God. The calf of Samaria shall be broken to shivers and go up in flames. So what he's saying is all these things are man-made. Remember, remember uh, they were, they were, in, a, they were in, the, um, in the wilderness, and they, went, they came to Aaron. They says, Aaron, Aaron was a craftsman. Aaron, here, make us a god. So they took all their gold and their earrings, and they, they, made, it, they made the calf, and then they made this, this grand statement. This is the god that brought us out of Israel. Wait a minute, you just made it. But this is the interesting thing. We do this in our lives. We put our hands and, 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 and orchestrate things, and we, and, we, and we believe what we created is going to get us out of our mess. But, but idols don't say nothing. I, idols are, are like wood and gold and cars and houses. And things, that, that stuff can't get you out of mess. You can have all the riches in the world. Let somebody get, get ill in, in your household. Money can't buy everything. I, listen, I don't care what nobody tell you. Money can't buy everything. There's been plenty of people with money that got incurable diseases that only God would have healed them. Did the, the pastor just say, don't get no money? I didn't say that. They say don't go to work. I didn't say it. So don't, 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 don't twist it. What I, but the scripture says uh, that we should love it more than God. He says, I've given you richly all things to enjoy. Right? But the scripture says we're supposed to be seeking first the kingdom of God. Seek the king, not the things first. So uh, Proverbs eleven twenty nine. So, so So we talked about sowing into the wind or 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 sowing in or, or empty effort, right? Empty effort. So this is the setup. This is what happens in family, right? Uh, Proverbs eleven twenty nine. It says, exploit and abuse your family and end up with a fistful of air. Common sense tells you it's, it's a stupid way to live. So what it's saying is when we, we, we don't value and we abuse our family, it's just like getting caught up in the wind. It's empty. It's sowing in the air. There's no value there. So look, it says exploit and abuse. Now, we know what abuse is, but exploit, like, like take advantage of? I'll just let that sink in. <laughs> right? It's, it's, see, so we're caught up because the world is pulling us into some compromising things. Like a lot of things in the world... Teach, it teaches you to exploit and abuse family because family is not valued. So it's, 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 it, we're in a culture of, of, of responsibility and accountability is like a, um, what? That's, that's, that's like a plague. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You're not talking about responsibility and accountability, are you? Okay, now we, we can get along in this relationship as long as you don't mention anything about responsibility and accountability. Oh, Lord knows. We, there, there's no, we're not establishing boundaries for any of these relationships, are we? See, you know, that's why I don't like coming to church. There's too many rules. Hmm. But, but I, I didn't see you outside just running red lights today. 
I didn't see you outside. Like I saw you, those, there, there are rules out there, right? If not, you'll crash. It's the same thing in life. They're not for prevention, they're for protection to keep you from crashing in life. Same principle the streetlights have. Guess what? The, 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 the established boundaries are to keep you from getting caught up. When we cheat, when, when we dip or when we slip, see, we think we can get out easy. So I was a young man, he was on our basketball team from years ago, trying to minister to him about the Lord. And, and so I told him this story because um, I knew his situation, <laughs> but I didn't tell him I knew. I discerned it. I said, so listen, so you, did, uh, I better do this edge so I don't fall. So this edge right here, this is a flame of fire. And so I was telling him, you can kind of keep jumping back and forth over the flames, but eventually you're going to get tired. And what's going to happen? You're going to get burnt. So I told him the story. You know, we went, had a little basketball game. See him a couple weeks later. He said, remember that story you told me? He said, when you told me the story, I was like, that's nice. He says, but the exact thing happened to me. He says, so I, 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 I was jumping back and forth playing around in this relationship. And I knew I wasn't supposed to be in it, but I did it anyway. And I did get burned with AIDS. He says, that's how I, you know, playing, just playing back and forth, playing around. And I got burned. You see what I'm saying? Like it's, it's we, God's just trying to keep us from getting caught up. Here's Proverbs 5. He said, don't walk down our street. <laughs> that's what it says. It says, hey, hey. It says almost like run. Don't it? Don't it say that? It's a man, run, man. Like, like what it's saying is, don't even get into the conversation. Because right. it'll take everything that you own. Right? All right, so, so uh, Jeremiah 13, 24 says this. It says, therefore, I will scatter you like a drifting straw, driven away by the desert wind. So what it's saying is, uh, well, well, I'll explain how he got, well, He's saying that, okay, if you're going to avoid the, the, the offering to not get caught up, then I'm going to allow you, because this is written in the Old Testament, permissive sense. He says, I'm going to allow you to be, be caught up like being caught up in a desert wind, being caught up in the wind. The message says this, uh, verses 24 to 27. It says, it says, I'll blow these people away like wind-blown leaves. You have it coming to you. I've measured it out precisely. God's degree. It's because you forgot me and embraced the big lie, that so-called God Baal. It says, I'm the one who will rip off your clothes and expose and shame you before the watching world. Your obsessions with gods, gods, and more gods, your goddess affairs, your God adulteries, uh, gods on the hills, gods in the fields. Every time I, I look, you're off with another God. Oh, Jerusalem, what a sordid life. Is there any hope for you? So he's saying every time I turn around, something else is more important than me. He says, so I'm going to expose you because you need to recognize the reality of your choices. See, God's exposure is not a punishment. It's an awakening. 
But you, you know people are exposed and still going to denial? Do you know that? Instead of going, uh-oh, enough is enough. Because that's what, that, like, like, I'm living this life because I got exposed. <laughs> enough is enough. I mean, I started going through stuff and going through stuff and going through stuff. And then one day I was walking down the street. I told this story before. But I was walking down the street and I, I, I looked up to God and I was talking to him, which I used to do a long time ago before I got caught up. And it felt like warm honey was poured on my head. I said, oh, my God, like I hadn't, you don't miss what you hadn't had. I hadn't, ex- I hadn't sensed that presence. And I was like, Lord, I'm so sorry. Like, I'll never let anything come between me and you. I mean, I, I didn't know uh, the scripture, flee fornication. I didn't know none of those scriptures. I just knew I was wrong. I said, Lord, I'm not, I'm not going to have sex till I get married. Like, stop having sex. Obviously, at the point, I was, you know, at that age, I was still having sex. <laughs> um, but I shut it down until, until, until we married, you know. And so, and, and I did that because I realized, man, like, like, Nothing is more important than my connection with God. And so we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing? Like when we make a choice every day and we go, well, you know, this can't be that bad. What we're saying is risking compromise is more important than communion with God. We're saying something to God, the one that we're saying that we're praying to, that we're expecting to bless us. Because you, you notice sometimes people in compromise, they'll be like, you know, I pray to God every day. But you're in compromise. Are you expecting that prayer to get answered? Okay, let me ask you this. You're in a relationship, and you're in a relationship, and you compromise. You never think about the, the, the young lady. And then you come home, you're expecting dinner? Well, I guess in some cases you probably are, huh? <laughs> some cases I guess you know but, but what I'm saying is like are we, do you think we can exploit God we can play God the Bible says God is not mocked whatsoever man soweth that he shall reap so this is not even like a um, how can I say uh, uh, what, is, what am I trying to say not like a uh, well, it's definitely not an accommodating message. Very, very well put, sweetheart. Uh, but what I'm saying, this is also not a, like, I'm dad, you the children. Hey, it ain't even like that. It's, it's an awareness message. That's what it, it's an awareness message because everybody still has choice in this room. It's an awareness message. But, but I want us to, the only time you see me edgy, and most of you have never seen me edgy, is when people aren't be blaming God. Like, I, ooh, that, that, you know, that pulls on me because I'm like, what choice do you make? Even in some cases, some people have been played. Did you pray for that person that played you? Are you praying for that person? Did you forgive them? Did you pray for them before they played you? I'm, I, now, I ain't saying every once in a while. I'm talking about consistently. Suppose you were the catalyst to intercede to keep that person enlightened. Okay. I, it's going over real well here today. Amen, Pastor. Hallelujah. Woo! Preach, preacher. <laughs> Preach. Woo, boy. Man, that sermon today. Woo-wee. Mm. I can't wait to come back next week. 
uh, Joshua 1.6. We'll take a couple extra minutes uh, because I'm not teaching this next week. Unless the Lord tells me to, but I don't think we'll be teaching this next week. So, so uh, James chapter 1, verse 6, is that what I told you? Uh, it's James. My, my fault. I did that when I was doing the, uh, giving them the information for the, uh, for the online. I had, I had 2 Corinthians 7 versus 2 Chronicles. So. Hey, pastor, get yourself together. Verse 6. This is what it says. Well, I'll start with verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not and shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Driven with the wind. And the Amplified says, but he must ask for wisdom and faith without doubting. Doubting what? God's willingness to help. For the one who doubts is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the wind. Caught up. The person that doubts is the one that gets caught up. Job 21, 16 through 18, you can write it down, and I'll, I'll just read through it here for the sake of time. Hopefully, just keep your ears attentive while you're writing stuff down, please. It says, but notice the prosperity of the wicked, because this is what we spend a lot of time focused. Like, the scripture says notice, but for most of us, we ain't got to, nobody got to tell us to notice. That's all we look at is the prosperity of the wicked. It says, notice the prosperity of the wicked is not in their hand or basically in their power. It says, the counsel of the wicked and the mystery of God's dealings with the ungodly is far from comprehension. So it's kind of like, these people ain't doing right, but it looks like they're prospering, right? But it's kind of hard to, to why, why, the, why is God handling, handling them the way he is? It says, how often then is it that the lamp of the wicked is put out? See, see, people don't pay attention that the wicked, there's a lot happening to the wicked. They just look at the stage of their prosperity, but people don't really line up the results, the end result, right? You know, because you know, they don't want to see the end result. They just want what they got in that moment. What, birth of a feather, flock together, what? And fly to the same destination. So you get on that road, you're going to get their results too. It says, it says, how often then is the lamp of the wicked put out and that their disaster falls on them? It says it happens more than you realize. It says, does God distribute pain and destruction and sorrow to them in his anger? Are they like a straw before wind, like a, cha a chaff that the storm steals and carries away? What it's saying is that as much as you see what they have, you don't see how they're caught up and where that wind is taking them. It's hard to see, so we try to we get caught up with trying to keep up with folks that are being driven away by the wind into disaster. All right, so so this is going to be somewhat long, but I but I but I, I think it's going to explain some things here. Uh, so Job twenty seven thirteen through twenty three, you can write it down. I'll just read it because I'm reading out a different version here. I think it's the Amplified. Job 27, 13 through 23. It says, this which, I, which I'm about to explain is the portion of the wicked man from God. So this is what the wicked man goes to. And the inheritance which tyrants and oppressors receive from the Almighty. 
So the inheritance is what they have to look forward to, right? It says, uh, it says though his children are many, and they are destined for the, they are destined for the sword. It says he has a lot of children, but they're, they're destined to be cut down. It says his descendants will not have sufficient bread. So the, the wicked, even though they're prospering, their, decision, their descendants won't have nothing. It says those who survive him will be buried because of the plague. Right? It says, and their widows will not be able to weep. Though he heaps up silver like dust and piles up clothing like clay, look, he may prepare it, but the just will wear it. He may prepare it, but the just will wear it. As scripture says, the, the, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. So they're saying this is their inheritance. And the innocent will divide their silver, the silver. He builds his house like a spider web, like a temporary hut which a watchman makes. He lies down rich but never will again. He opens his eyes and it is gone. Terrors overtake him like a sudden, like a suddenly rising flood. A windstorm steals him away in the night, caught up. The east wind lifts him up and he is gone. It sweeps him out of his place, for it will hurl thunderbolts of God's wrath at him unsparingly without compassion. He flees in haste from its power. People will clap their hands at him to mock and ridicule him and hiss him out of his place. This is the inheritance. See, see, what you hear in the kingdom is we have an inheritance. Even though we may not have all we want now, if we trust God, meditate on the word day and night, do all that's written therein, then shall you make your way prosperous, then shall you have good success. Walk not in the counsel of God, nor stand in the way of sinner, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but your delight shall be in the law of the Lord, and in his law should you meditate day and night. As it says, your leaf shall not wither, whatsoever you do, you shall prosper. So that's our inheritance. Uh, the sufferings of this present time are worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. I would have given up unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Right? That, 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 that's, that's all, that's scripture. Now unto him is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask to think according to the power of work within us. That's our inheritance. We see, so, so you can look at our stage where we at and it'd be like, I don't want to be like them. But you don't make decisions for where people are at. You make decisions for where people are going. You can look at the, the, those that are wicked and make decisions for where they're at and not see what their inheritance is. So you can get caught up with them and end up getting their inheritance or stay locked in and anchored in God and get the inheritance he has for you. So right now, the choices that you're making right now are going to determine which inheritance you want to receive. The wicked's inheritance or the righteous inheritance. That's why you don't want to get caught up in, in, in keeping up. All right. I got a lot of other stuff. But I think we can end there.